worthy, so worthy, so worthy. Uh, you can be seated if you can in the presence of God today. Let me pray over us as we get ready to get into the word. My goodness, I've got a message burning on my heart today. Father, we worship you. God, we just give you praise. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for being here with us today. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Father, we just ask that you speak to us today, like so many times before, but this day, let it be an uncommon day. This isn't just another service, Lord. We haven't gathered here today. We haven't fought through what we fought through this week to come for something mediocre and canned. Lord, let the word be fresh and alive and active and powerful and produce what you intended it to in our lives today. Lord, whether we walked in today expecting just church as usual or not, Lord, I pray that everyone in here feels your power and your presence, Lord, and that we experience you today. Lord, let the word penetrate our hearts, produce the fruit that you intended for it to produce, Father. And we just give you glory. We give you praise in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God one more big shout of praise. Oh, my goodness picked a great day to be here at Eastgate Church. My goodness, y'all look good this morning. Man, if nobody else will say it, I'll say some of y'all are pointing back at me like this right here. I love it. Man, great day to be here in the house of God. Listen, if you like boring church, this is the wrong place for you. If you like passionless church, this is the wrong place for you. But if you are in love with Jesus and looking for God to do something in your life, I got news for you. You're in the right place today. You're in the right place. If you're a guest here this morning, thank you so much for being here with us. We always say once you're here, you're no longer a guest. You're family. So welcome home. We're so glad that you're here. Just, just to hit pause here for a second, um, that young lady leading worship for us today, her name is Katie Stevenson. She did a phenomenal job, didn't she? A great job just fearlessly leading worship for the first time in, a, in our church. I'm just telling you, man, uh, we're so grateful for leading, you leading us into the presence of God today in a fearless way. I love that. Love the atmosphere in this place. A lot going on here at Eastgate Church. We had a great outreach yesterday at Taste of Douglasville. I love that. Uh, give or take 10,000 people, I think, were expected for that thing. And we had a team out there just giving away in the kids' zone, strategically placed, uh, giving away candy and prizes and connecting with people and loving on people and telling people about Jesus, telling people about the church. And uh, we believe that the church should be out there in the community, you know, not just some bubble where we expect everybody to come through the door so they can be in our little club. But we take the words of Jesus literal when he said, go into the world and give them the good news of the gospel. And so that's what we try to do here. I'm a little excited today, y'all. A little excited today. It's been a minute since I've actually been up in the pulpit to preach. Um, y'all better buckle up. I'm going to try to keep this under three hours today. So we might miss lunch, but you'll make dinner, and that'll be fine. I'm messing with you, of course. Uh, this, what I'm about to preach to you today, listen, this, is, this has been marinating for about four weeks. Um, God has just been moving powerfully in our services here. I was supposed to preach this thing at the end of April, and here we are at the end of May now. Uh, you blink, and almost half the year has gone by. Isn't that crazy? My goodness gracious. So I'm going to give this word to you today. I haven't 
felt released to preach this until today, but we're going to get into this, and I'm going to talk about how we can work out of worry today. And I'm praying that this is going to set some people free. This is what I've noticed um, as I've gone through this journey, my relationship with God. Uh, if I had to pick maybe a top five hit list that Satan tries to use on believers to get them frustrated and aggravated and distracted and, and out of rhythm in their walk with God and get them to the place where they're ineffective and unproductive in the kingdom of God. Worry is going to be in my top five. It's a bait that is so easy for us to take if we're not careful. And I want to talk to you today about how we can work our way out of worry. You know, there's freedom in the Word of God. The Word of God is there to equip us so that we don't have to bite the bait that the enemy's putting out in front of us. You know what I mean? It is May, so bass fishing is in full effect right now. Any fishermen in the house this morning? Wow, yeah, that, was, that was a delay there. I love, I love fishing, and man, I, I love getting out there and tricking the fish into biting the bait and bringing them in, you know, and the game the devil plays is pretty similar to that. He gives us something that's a substitute to try to put a hook in us to take us in the wrong direction, and I love that the Bible is good at helping us get those hooks out so we can live in freedom in Christ. So, Worry is, is a big deal, though. A lot of people struggle with those things. The Barna poll that shows that about 60% of Americans struggle with constant worry. Not just isolated incidents of worry, but constant worry. It's part of the lifestyle. They live stressed out and overwhelmed. Anxiety runs loose in their lives because they're not able to get worry under control. And I'm here to tell you that God never intended for any of us to live in bondage to worry. I'm going to have to get y'all to wake up a little bit this morning. All right, so we're going to practice for a second. Everybody say amen. amen. Good word. Good word. Okay, now we got it. We're, we're, we're tracking a little bit this morning. Um, it becomes difficult, though, at least in my world. I don't know how it works for you guys because I am concerned about a lot of things. But there's a difference between concern and worry, I think. I'm concerned about the direction of our country morally. I'm concerned about the world that my kids are going to grow up in. I'm concerned about the price of gas. And I'm concerned about the price of groceries. I'm concerned about those that I love. I'm concerned for my family. I'm concerned about things. Being concerned is one thing, but when it goes to worry, that's just unrestrained emotional exhaustion. There's a big difference between being concerned and being worried. Concern focuses on issues and moves you to action. You know, uh, if we're out at the lake, which I go to from time to time with my family because that's my getaway spot with them. We love to go out to the lake. We love to go camping. And I've got a little girl named Abby who is so amped up on energy all the time. She just looks, pew, she's gone, you know. And I wish I could just get 5% of that. If I could get 5% of her energy my goodness gracious, I just I wouldn't know how to turn it off. So when we're out there, I'm concerned about her being exposed to the sun. So that's going to move me to action to put some sunscreen on that kid. Now she's going to wiggle and want to get out in the lake and all this stuff, and I'm going to have to put it on. You ever tried to put lotion on a kid? It's kind of like wrestling an alligator. I'm just going to tell you. They're just trying to move. They won't stand still, you know. So that's, that's her. I, 
My concern moves me to action to take care of her. But worry is something completely different. When you worry about something, worry focuses on what's beyond our control. It's beyond our control, and it results in inaction because there's nothing we can do about it. You know? I might be concerned about the world that we live in today, so I'm going to be moved to action to prepare my kids to the, the best of my ability to thrive in this world spiritually and make an impact with the life that they have. But I can't control what's being done in Washington. I can't w control what's being done in China or in the Ukraine. I can't control any of those things. So it does me no good to mentally and emotionally exhaust myself trying to solve a problem that I can't have the solution for. All I can do is all I can do, you know? There's a big difference. And I think out of good intent and out of concern, we take the bait of the enemy sometimes and move into territory of worry and it sets us up for so much trouble. Have you seen somebody stressed out and worried about everything? I don't, nobody in here, but have you seen somebody, you know, you're related to or you work with, they're all freaking out over stuff and they just can't control it, you know? Jesus kind of spoke to this. And if I want to take anybody's advice, like I, I know some wise people, but if I want to take anybody's advice, I want to take the advice of Jesus. You know, he, he's pretty good at this stuff. And he talks about worry in Scripture. So I'm going to look at some of the stuff that Jesus said and see if we can't apply some of this and, and move forward in our walk with God. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 27. I, I love this question that Jesus asked here. Uh, some of the greatest teachers you'll ever encounter don't lecture as much as they ask questions of you to create a process of thought. They can get you to think for yourself, then that's more than half the battle. Jesus asked a question here to the people that are listening to him speak. He says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. No. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. Thank you for that one person over there who's given the answer. I appreciate that. Listen, it, the opposite is true. It's not going to add anything to your life. You know what it's going to do? It's going to rob you of life. It's going to rob you of your peace. It's going to rob you of your joy. It's going to rob you of being in the moments that matter most in life. It's going to rob you of relationships with loved ones. You know, worry doesn't accomplish anything. It just wears you out, and it's like a spiritual self-destruct button. It really is. And this is, this is a truthful statement, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but this is just the truth. What we worry about the most reveals where we trust God the least. I didn't like that when I wrote that down. You know what I mean? I was just like, Lord, are, are you, okay, okay, let me rethink some things here. But it's true. You know, um, things that are out of our control in the areas where we have to trust God. Sometimes you have to trust God with your finances because you've done everything that you can do within your control and some things are out of your hands and you have to trust the Lord to keep his word. Anybody been through a season like that before? You know, um, worrying about it though is trying to control something that you can't. It's like grasping at something that's out of your reach and it reveals the fact that we would rather 
carry things ourselves and fix things ourselves instead of trusting God to keep his word and his promises. It, it reveals a, a weak area in our relationship with him. Okay? Hey, everybody take a deep breath. Uh, exhale it out here. Hey, thanks for, for playing along with me. You guys watching online, thanks for playing along with me. So glad that y'all are here today. Um, hit that like and share button so this message can go out to everybody that we can possibly reach. I'm telling you. Uh, worry wears you out. It reveals where we trust God the least. Think about the areas of life that you worry about the most. And be honest. Be honest. If you trusted God 100% in those areas, you wouldn't be freaking out over it, would you? You wouldn't be stressed out over it, would you? You put it in his hands. And I know that sounds so churchy. You know, it's what you're supposed to say in church. Just trust the Lord and put it in his hands, you know. But there's a lot of truth to that, too. Now, the process of doing that sometimes doesn't get talked about enough because I believe that faith and trust is a journey. I'm not going to trust I love you, but I'm not going to trust any of you if I don't know you. There's a process of getting to know someone. There's a process of, of an establishment of track record that has to take place so that trust and faith can grow in your walk with God. So if you've been wrestling with this in the area of your life, listen, don't, don't be condemned. I don't want you to be condemned, all right? But if the Holy Spirit starts to convict you, listen to what he's saying to you, okay? Uh, listen to what he's saying to you and apply this to your life because there's freedom in what we're going to talk about this morning. It reveals where you trust God the least. I wonder, you ever asked yourself what makes us worry? Like, why do you worry? Why do you worry? For a lot of people, it's insecurity and it's a control issue. It really is. And this isn't a psych class, but, but that has a lot to do with it. We don't like areas of our lives that we can't have fingers on and control and all of this stuff. And I'm here to tell you, if you're a control freak, you're going to be incredibly frustrated in your walk with God because he's got a way of putting you in situations where there is no other solution but to let go and trust him. So... Until you, you learn that and get to that point in your walk with God, you're just going to be on the repeat cycle. Until you learn the lesson, because God isn't going to promote you to the fifth grade out of the fourth grade, like sometimes they do in the public school system. Because, just because you look weird if you're 25 and you're still in 11th grade. You know, they've got to move you on at some point. God doesn't operate like that. He will keep you right where he needs you to be until the growth that he needs to see in you is complete. Because if you can't grow at the pace he needs you to grow, then he can't trust you with the fullness of his calling and purpose for your life because he's not going to set you up for failure. He's going to make sure that you're ready to succeed in what he's called you to do. Okay? So learn the lessons. Learn the lessons. And let God set you free. Why do we worry? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, people that we surround ourselves with. Yeah, come on. You know, I mean, if you surround yourself with negative, cynical types of people, that's going to rub off on you. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. You know, if you're around negative people all the time, it's going to get in you and on you. That's just how it happens. So you can love people, but learn to love certain people from a distance. Amen. Well, there's some people that the glass is just always half empty. You know, every conversation with them is, I guess you heard what's going on in the world. I guess you heard the world's just falling apart. Let me ask you a question. When has the world not been falling apart? 
Seriously, when has there not been trouble somewhere in the world? When has somebody not been doing something corrupt? When has there not been a, a country invading another country? When has somebody not stolen something from somebody else? When has there not been a murder? Literally, the first generation out of the Garden of Eden committed murder. Are you kidding me? This world has been jacked up from the beginning. This is not breaking news. But we see what we want to focus on. You know what I'm saying? You get around these people. Well, the world's falling apart. This is happening. This is not. You hear what so-and-so is doing? Negative people, gossips, people that slander. Man, get away from those people. They're going to poison your spirit and jack up your walk with God. And I'll give you a pro tip. You don't want to be in proximity to these people when the judgment of God hits their life for running their mouth in a loose way. You don't want to be near that stuff. Okay? So get away from this. Why do we worry? I think... Because of the people that we surround ourselves with. The other thing, I think, is because of stuff like this right here. Whoo, anything with a screen. Anything with a screen. Constant news feeds, Facebook threads, Instagram stuff, TikTok posts, all this stuff. we inundating ourselves with this stuff. We, so we just... We just bury ourselves in headlines and what's happening and going on in the world. Listen, if you got a negative edge on you and you watch the news a lot, one plus one is usually two. All right? Give yourself a break from that junk. Okay? The world's not going to blow up and disintegrate just because you don't know what happened at 3 o'clock this afternoon. You know what I'm saying? So get some freedom from that. Get some freedom from that stuff um, because I've rarely seen any news network focus on something positive. If I watch the local news, I want to see this person got hit by a car, this family got torn apart, this place got robbed, and this person was murdered. And the funny thing is, most of it seems to be happening in DeKalb County, Georgia. You know, I don't know if you, you guys have recognized that. But they don't talk about positive stuff, and there's a lot going on. You don't see stories about the, the guy who pulled money out of his savings to help a single mom have a repair done in her home. You don't see stories like that. You don't see stories about churches that come alongside uh, the community to invest in it and see it grow and thrive. You don't see stories like that so much. You see the negative stuff because the negative sells. I don't know why we're drawn to it. Let me encourage you. Be careful what you put into your spirit. Be careful. Some of y'all go through Facebook and you just, it's like you're looking for someone that's got a different opinion than you so you can get mad about it. Man, it's just not worth doing all of that stuff. If Jesus died so we could have life and have it to the full, why would we cut ourselves off at the knees by putting that poison in us? So I'd say be very careful with what we pour into our lives. Um, can I pick on the conspiracy theory crowd just for a little bit? Especially, especially, especially now. Now we all know Bigfoot's real. That's not even up for discussion. Yeah, yeah, that's not up for discussion this morning. We all know that. Um, <laughs> so, but, but it's crazy. And look, I'm all for staying up on current events, so don't get me wrong. I think you should be educated. I think you should know what's going on around you. But there's, there's a line there that you've got to watch out so that that stuff doesn't dominate your life. I've seen people in relationships in church over political differences show me where that's okay in the bible you know i've seen i've seen people just lose their peace and just just about break down on this last election that we had oh my gosh the was there voter fraud or not voter fraud 
going on. See, I just said that, and everybody was like, oh, my God, he just said that in church. Listen, at the end of the day, now, I think, you know, investigation should happen, and we should find out the truth, and when the truth is found, it should come out, and action should be taken based on what was really found and, and all of that stuff. I get all of that stuff, but listen, I'm going to sleep just fine tonight if the world burns up before now and tonight because I know how this thing ends. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus, okay? I'm focused on all of that stuff. So, so don't chase a lot of rabbits. I get sent videos all the time, and they're like YouTube or TikTok videos, and they all got this weird, creepy music in the background, and it's always somebody that's got information that nobody else in the universe has. You know, I'm just going to tell you right now. Now, if you are neck deep in this conspiracy theory stuff, you're saying right now to yourself, he just doesn't get it. He does not get it. He doesn't understand. He needs to know the information that I have. If he has that information, he wouldn't be saying the stuff that he has. Let me ask you a question. I have, let, let me say it this way. I have yet to see someone caught up in all the political news, conspiracy theory stuff. I've yet to see someone like that actually look real happy. Yeah. Be honest with you. I've yet to see someone caught up in that actually do something productive in the kingdom of God. Now, they'll show up to church and they'll serve and they might be faithful in attendance, but when you get down to the nuts and bolts of their relationship with God, they spend more time on conspiracy theory, political stuff than they do in the word of God. You know, and I can, I'll show you because the fruit is always the fruit. These people never reach anybody for Jesus. They're always argumentative. They're always combative. They're always divisive. They're always spreading gossip and slander. They're always fueling their own agenda. Instead of getting to the word of God, God called us to reach this world for Jesus, not pack our bags and move to some stupid bunker in the woods to prepare for Armageddon. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's get busy doing what God called us to do. Don't let this worry stuff eat you up. I saw... Um, we got to be careful with who we surround ourselves with and what we allow to get in us. I think a lot of that stuff fuels the worry in our lives. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is still talking um, in, in verse 31, and he says this. Now, this is amazing to me. He doesn't say pretty please. He doesn't say if you feel like it. He doesn't say if the circumstances are right, do this. He just comes out straight and says, so do not worry. Saying, now look what he says here. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? All these basic things of life. He's like, don't worry about the issues of life. Now, I'm not saying you neglect responsibility. Jesus didn't say neglect your responsibility. He said, don't worry. Don't worry. We worry about the stuff that we can't control. Don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, for the pagans run after all these things. And listen to this. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Amen. He's like, God knows. He knows you've got more rent than you do money this month. He knows. He is not unaware of that. So don't freak out over it. Trust him. Amen. Trust him. Everybody say that with me. Just say, trust God. Trust God. Trust God. It's amazing, the freedom and some of those statements. He says, don't freak out over that stuff. Your dad in heaven knows you need that stuff. And then he says, look, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He says, put God first. Focus on doing what he told you to do. Focus on your relationship with him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
Get busy doing what you know you're supposed to be doing instead of worrying about the stuff you can't control. And then, look at this promise, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I love this line. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen to that in the house this morning? I know exactly what I'm talking about. My goodness. There's enough to deal with today. I don't have to stress out about tomorrow. Now, there's three things to consider when you're going into a situation that you might be worrying about. Okay? Um, and these make sense. These things help me process through this. The first thing is this. You're worrying about stuff. It may never happen. It may never happen. You know what I mean? It may never happen. All of this stuff we're freaking out and worrying about, it may, it may never happen. And there's a lot to be concerned about in the world today. I'm not making a lot of that, but the things that we fear and the things that we worry, they may never happen. You may not lose your house. You may not lose the car. Your kid may not stay the same way they are right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I felt some freedom when I said that right there. You understand? Um, may never happen. It, it, it's kind of like going to a, a dealership, a car dealership, and dropping in and looking at the vehicle you want to get, but never signing any paperwork on it, never actually purchasing the vehicle, but you come by every month and you make payments on it, but you never take it home. Worry is a lot like that. See, we make emotional payments and investments and we cost ourselves stuff on something that may not ever happen. May never happen. You know? So we wear ourselves out on things that we just don't know how these things are going to work out necessarily. The second thing I think we ought to think about is this. It may happen and not be as bad as you thought. You know what I mean? When Auburn played Georgia last year, I thought, we got a chance. We got a chance. Georgia might beat us. It happened. It was bad, but it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, making light. But really, how many times have you been freaked out about something happening in your life, and you got there, and it happened, and it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be? I mean, it was still a storm but the waves weren't quite as high as you imagined they were going to be. Or you were worrying about it. You know, you, you get there and, and the child eventually makes a mistake, but it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. You know, you, something happens at work, but it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. We're, we, we take the bait of stressing ourselves out, I think, too easily sometimes. Most of these things that we walk through aren't as bad as we think they're going to be. They're just not. The third thing is this. It, it might happen, and God will carry you through it. God will carry you through it. Now, think about this. Worst case scenario, the worst thing possible could happen. Your worst fears confirmed. Worst case scenario, God is still with you to see you through it, and he will not leave your side. I'll take that deal any day of the week. 
I'll forget any day of the week. Now, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. It's going to happen. But he also said he would be right there with us. He would not leave our side. He would give us the solution for it. And the Bible actually says that in all things, he is working for the good of those that trust him and love him. We win. We win. I love this. I'll take that deal all day long. So it might happen. It might be bad, but God will still be faithful. He'll still walk through it with you. Now, the question is, would you let him? Because sometimes the things happen, and we'd rather just try to handle it on our own and worry ourselves silly trying to handle stuff that we can't handle ourselves. Like I said, the Bible gives us solutions to every issue and problem that we face in life. And it gives us keys to living a peaceful life, a joyful life, an overcoming life. And in Philippians chapter 4, one of those scriptures that just opens up the whole thing. And it starts out churchy. It says in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Anything or everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. I think that pretty much covers it. You know, should I be worried about it? Is it anything? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess it's anything. Okay, then don't be worried about it. Should I be praying about this? Is it everything? then we should be praying about it, you know? It, and I know that sounds churchy. Like if I was sitting out there and somebody said that to me, I'd be like, okay, that makes for good preaching, but you ain't walking through what I'm walking through right now. I get, I get it, I get it. But this is a key to spiritual victory over worry and wearing yourself out in life, losing that peace, losing that joy. You might find moments of happiness in life, but until you get the victory over this worry stuff, you are never going to know what it's like to live in consistent peace and joy. And there's a big difference. So it says, don't worry about anything. Everybody say, don't worry. Don't worry. Anybody else want to say, be happy? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I get here in my head. That's all I can hear. It's over. <laughs> so, so don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He says, don't do what you're going to want to do in your flesh. Instead, let me give you an alternative action to choose to do. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Then he says, tell God what you need. So instead of stressing out and worrying about the stuff you can't handle, go to the Lord in prayer, get in his presence, and tell him what's going on. Right. Tell your dad what's going on in life. Tell him what's going on in life. He's the one that can solve the problem. He says, tell him what you need, and then thank him for all he's done. Ooh, man, have you ever gone to a barbecue place and there's just something different about the sauce on, that they use? And you're like, what is, the, what, is, what is the secret to this sauce? You know what I mean? Uh, what, what is the deal? It takes, it's got a better taste than any other sauce. The barbecue people in here, you know what I'm talking about, right? You get some places and that sauce is just special. Listen, this is the secret to the sauce here. Okay, this is the secret to the sauce. He says, tell him what you need. And then thank him for all he's done. Hit pause and remind yourself who the God is that you serve. Thank him for all that he's done. Thank him 
for saving you. Thank him for his grace that he extends to you. Thank him for the blessings that you have in your life. It might not be fun walking through what you're walking through right now, but if you pause for a moment and give him thanks, you get to look back at the track record of faithfulness that God has established in your life. And it's a reminder that, you know what? If he hasn't messed up yet, he's not going to mess up now. If he didn't fail then, he's not going to fail now. He is still the same God. He has not changed one bit so I can put my faith and trust in him. Isn't that great news that even when you're going through it, you can take it to him in prayer and he says, stop and remind yourself. Thank God for all that he's done. And look what's happening here. Here's the promise. If you will do that, then, everybody say then. Then you will experience God's peace. Not the comfort you're trying to grasp for, but God's peace. And it's very different. It gives a description of the peace of God. It says, God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Some versions say, the peace that passes all understanding. You know what that means? That means it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, it could just be breaking loose in your life, and you can still have peace. Peace has nothing to do with the situation that we're in. Peace is a byproduct of your relationship with God. And you can have peace when the world's falling apart. You can have peace when everything's clicking like it's supposed to. That peace won't make any sense at all. You ever seen somebody, you just look at them and like, why are you happy? Why, why are you happy? You just lost your job. Your husband just left you. Your kid's a tearhead. Going through, why, why are you happy? Oh, I'm just blessed. I just love the Lord. I'm just like, that right there. That right there. That's what victory looks like. Regardless of what's happening, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to trust God. Take it to him. Remind myself of his faithfulness. Give him some praise. And watch that peace unlock in my spirit. That peace that will pass all understanding. Doesn't make sense, but I got it. It doesn't make sense. See, that's why I can lose my job and I'm still going to have a song in my heart. That's why I can get the bad report and it's not going to affect the joy that I have. That's why I've got a praise in my mouth all of the time. It doesn't matter what happens. I know the God that I serve. I know at the end of all of it, I win. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I love that so much promise in the word of god and this is what's great not only do we get this peace that doesn't make sense look what it says next it says his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus where does worry do its work right here and right here he says, if you will put yourself in the right posture and the right mindset, if you will switch your focus a little bit and put it on God and not what you're facing, not only will that peace sustain you, but that peace will act as a guard to keep that stress, to keep that anxiety, to keep that worry off of you and from sinking its claws in you. Man, that's some good stuff right there some good stuff. There's nothing that you face that the Word of God doesn't tell you how to navigate. This is true. 
reminded of that scripture that talks about, I think David wrote it, he's talking about how he will magnify the Lord at all times. I like to go shooting. Any shooters in here? Yeah, the guys, y'all like to shoot stuff, pull the trigger, watch it go bang. I love that. Oh, man, I love shooting things responsibly. I'll say that. Everybody, like, pastor just likes to shoot stuff. No, responsible. But I'll go out to this uh, long distance range uh, that my brother-in-law is connected with. And they had me out there, and I was just shooting with open sights on my AR. And uh, so the guy was spotting for me, and they had me on it. 200 yards and then I go to 300 and then we jump to four five and just in order we keep going 600 yards they got me on target 700 yards open sights no scope I hit the target because I had a good spotter don't let shooters fool you man shooters are good because they got good spotters guarantee you but when you're shooting at that distance looking down and trying to gauge things with with your sights you can't see the target at all from that distance because of the barrel and, and the, uh, the sight on the gun. So what you have to do is you're always aiming high and your, your spotter will tell you, you know, push two to the right or push two to the left, depending on what the wind's doing, push one, push up one, or all that one target space. So it's a guesstimate, really. But you're, you're, you're aiming at color patterns on the ground past the target. You're not even looking at the target, you're having to gauge, okay, I think that leaf on that tree is a little brown, that section on that tree. I'm going to aim for that section of brown and see how close I am on the target. You're looking at shades of color in the grass or shadows on the ground to aim at that to get on target at that range. When I went to shoot three-quarters of a mile, and praise God, I got on target at three-quarters of a mile. It was awesome. The game changed because I had a scope. Still had my spotter. What's really cool at that distance, if you're a spotter, Someone's shooting, you can actually watch the bullet travel and see the vapor trail and see the round go down to the target. Watch it hit the target, and about a second later, you hear, ding! Just like it's the coolest thing ever. But, but when I was shooting at three-quarters of a mile, I had the scope, and it magnified the target so that I could see it clearly. So I lined up with the rifle I was shooting, with the optics I had, and they were great optics, man. It was, it was, it was really good. Dead on, pull the trigger, first shot. Ding! Because the target was magnified. You understand what I'm saying? In life, you can either magnify your problems or you can magnify God. Now, here's what's crazy about magnifying something. This is just amazing to me. What you magnify, when you magnify something, it doesn't change the size of what you're looking at. It just changed your perspective and your focus on it. So when we magnify on our problems, they look a lot bigger than they actually are. You understand? But when we dial in on God and we magnify Him, it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different ballgame. Sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that problems are a lot worse than they actually are. If we would put our focus and fix our sights and magnify the Lord, it would be completely different. It would be completely different. And I think that's a huge key to victory right there. In fact, I, just, just a reminder to everybody in here on the stuff that we're worrying about. Listen, God's power and promises are always greater than my problems.
Every time. Every single time. Always greater than the problems that I face. And I think the battle lies within these two cans. I know y'all been staring at them most of the service. What in the world is going on here? So you got the I can and you got the God can. I can and God can. When we worry, we get these two things confused. There are things that I can do. And there are only certain things that God can do. And there's a big difference between the two. You understand? Now, if, if I'm looking for someone to marry, I can be faithful to the Lord. I can do what God has called me to do, knowing that that calling will soon enough intersect with that person. God's plan is God's plan. Amen? Right, amen. I never have to hijack God's plan to make my plan happen. When we do that, it stresses everything out. That's where we fry ourselves, trying to do things that we are not qualified or capable of doing. Some things only God can do. Now, we do have our part. We do have our part. I was talking to one guy, and he's like, man, I can't wait until that woman that I'm going to marry comes into my life. And I'm thinking, that's awesome. There's some stuff you can do right now, though. Let's start with a shower. You know what I mean? Let's start with a shower. Let's use some deodorant. Let's fix that hair. Let's make sure those clothes aren't wrinkled. Still do what God's called you to do, but there's some practical stuff you can do. What you can't do is bring that woman into your life. Only God can do it. Only God can trick her somehow into falling for you. I still don't know how God did that with me. And there's no way I should be married to my wife right now. But God. But God. So with finances, a lot of people are stressed out over finances right now. Because listen, the economy is not the best that it's ever been. How many of you would say, Pastor Josh, I have felt a little bit of pressure from the ripple effects of the economy over the last year or more? Yeah, a lot of us have. All of us have. If you've gone grocery shopping, you've seen the effects of it. That's not a political statement. That's a practical statement, okay? So there are some things that only I can do. I don't have to worry about my finances. I don't have to stress out over this stuff. Why? One thing I can do is exactly what the Bible tells me to do in putting God first in my finances. All right? Don't talk to me about how you're trusting God to pay off your car or your house or to give you a new job if you haven't settled that issue. Okay? You're jumping over here and trying to play God, but you're not playing by the rules that God has set. You got to put him first in the finances. Second thing I can do is I can budget. Yeah. Everybody say budget. budget. See, some of y'all thought that was a cuss word, and it's not. <laughs> it, you can budget stuff and be responsible with what God has entrusted you with. Okay? Now, if I'm putting God first and I'm responsible with what he's trusted me with, then I then can stand on his word knowing that I've done my part. I've done what I can and now it's time for God to do what he can. Okay? Listen. If I'm doing that, I don't have to get, listen to me, I don't have to get a second, third, or fourth job to wear myself out to try to sustain a lifestyle that God never called me to. I can live in peace doing what I know I'm supposed to do 
and trusting God to do what he said he would do. Difference. There's a difference in focus and mindset. You understand what I'm saying? So some things you just got to put in the hands of God. Question, are we putting things in the hands of God? Even if the news isn't great, you can still put it in the hands of God. A little bit of freedom in this house today. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. Father, I just thank you for this moment. Lord, I thank you for the word that you've given us today. Father, speak to us in this moment. That every defense come down and these little preconceived notions that we have in our head, Lord, let them all just fall to the ground when standing against the truth of your word. You know best. You've set us up for all the success that you, you need us to have in life. We just need to apply your word. Father, I know that the enemy is busy, and I know his tactics, and I know he tries to use worry to rob us of the peace that you died to give us, to rob us of the joy that you said we could have in life, to, to, and to rob us of the testimony that we have in our trust in you and that we could have by trusting you and seeing a victory on the other side of it. We don't have to play by the same rules that the world plays by, Father. You've given us a different set of rules. You've given us the keys to victory. Heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around this morning. Let me ask you a question. Are there some things that you're worrying about today? Are there some things that you're doing that only God is supposed to do? And maybe it's just time to hit pause. And I'm not saying that that's a horrible thing. What I'm, what I'm saying is, hey, you don't have to live that way. You can live in the freedom that God intends for you to live in. Maybe this is a wake-up call. Maybe this has just been your pattern and this has just been your habit. And, well, it's time for a change because that's not how God intended for you to live life. He doesn't want you to live stressed out, worried, and unsure. He wants you to live like any child should live in peace, just in trust that their dad is going to take care of them. Regardless of what the world looks like or what life looks like, he's still in control. Maybe the things that we're trying to avoid the most are the very things that he's trying to use to mold and shape us. And the lesson today is trust. To trust him, to let go of this stuff, to do what you can do, but let go of the stuff you're trying to control that only he can do. So that that trust can be established, so that he can show you what he can do. It could be that you holding on to this stuff is the very hindrance that has got him at a place where he can't do anything. He can't do something with it if you won't let go of it. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Is worry an issue in your life? If it is, I got great news. There's freedom in the house today. I want to pray with you, pray over you, and I think we can have some victory in this today. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three and say, you know what, Pastor Josh, I've been, I've been wrestling with this a little bit. This has been an issue in my life, and the Lord's kind of put his finger on it today, and I'm just ready to release this and move on in my walk with him and to get victory over this area and to take this tool away from the devil so that he cannot manipulate or trap me with this anymore. If that's you, 
When I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. This is just a moment between you and me and God. Is that you? One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me at that sheet. I see yours, I see yours, I see yours, I see yours, I see yours. I see yours, 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 I see yours. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. I see you right there. Lift them up, I see you right there. I see yours. I see you in the back. Look what God is doing today. He knows exactly what we need. Let's all stand this morning. So what does the Bible say today? To take it to the Lord in prayer, to thank Him for what He's done. Amen? Thank Him for what He's done peace of God that passes all understanding will then guard our hearts and our minds. So let's put that to work today. Can we do that? When eyes went up all over this place today, let's just put our focus on God. Let's magnify the right thing. Okay? Let's think about His faithfulness and begin to praise Him and let's give Him an opportunity to establish peace in our hearts that will guard us and make us bulletproof to this stuff. Does that sound good to you? Yeah? I'm going to have the band lead us and worship just for a little bit. Let's just lift up our hands and just begin to magnify.